0: Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show, all about workers' rights and social justice. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcasts to you around the country on Community Radio Network. I'm Dennis Frogetuk. We're coming to the last days before the fateful election, where we will decide which political party or coalition will take the reins of governing on behalf of the ruling class for the next three years. While news and radio programs have been all about the different policies of Liberals, Labour and the Greens, on today's program we thought we would focus on the issue of equal marriage and fighting homophobia in the workplaces. While the coalition is keen on wasting over a hundred million dollars on a non-binding plebiscite, and Labour has promised to introduce equal marriage bill within the first hundred days, Nowhere near enough has been said about the need to eradicate homophobia in our workplaces, schools, public services, and other places. For this reason, we have invited Will Strzok from the Victorian Trades Hall Council to talk about the current and future trade union campaigns around equal marriage and anti-homophobia and transphobia. But before we get, it, before we get to Will, I wanted to mention two other important events that have happened in the past week. The workers at Carlton United Breweries in Abbotsford have continued to resist the attempts by the company management to sack them and then reemploy them with a 65% pay cut. FITAs and electricians, represented by the Electrical Trades Union and the AMWU, have organized a 24-hour community protest, while the AMWU's Assistant State Secretary Craig Kelly has branded the CUB's brutal action as nothing but deliberate union-busting attempt. Also last week we saw a truly significant event that took place just off the shores of the continental Europe. On June 23rd, United Kingdom held the referendum to decide whether or not it would remain a member of the European Union. The leave vote narrowly won with 51.9% of the vote while remain option won 48.1. As a result, the British pound has gone into a freefall, the FTSE 100 British shares have lost 200 billion dollars worth of pounds in the first day after the Brexit, and the British capitalist class is genuinely panicking about the consequences of Britain exiting the European single market. Britain has also seen a sharp rise of xenophobia and fascist attacks against immigrants and ethnic minorities, while the conservative Prime Minister David Cameron has promised to resign by October, and Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn is faced with a party coup orchestrated by the Blairite wing section of the party. That's a lot of things to process, and to help us do that, we'll be joined by a trade union comrade from the UK. Joining us now is Alex Gordon, the former president of Rail, Maritime and Transport Union and the convener of the Lexit campaign. Alex, welcome to Stick Together. We are so glad you can join us uh, from the UK.
1: Hi, Dennis. Uh, how are you? And uh, hi to all your listeners.
0: Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, could you uh, briefly tell us about the uh, the remain and the leave campaigns and some of the backers, um, uh, some some of their backers in this whole uh, debacle that is uh, taking place over there at the moment?
1: Well, uh, debacle is your word. I mean, there there are other words uh, I might choose, but the the official leave and remain campaigns were both run by uh, different factions of the British Conservative Party and represented different. Uh, different financial interests, essentially. Um, most notably, the Remain campaign was led by the Prime Minister, David Cameron, with the uh, support of the Chancellor of the Exchequer, George Osborne, who uh, has been the biggest champion of uh, austerity in policies in Britain. Uh, it was supported by the CBI, the Confederation of British Industry. It was supported by uh, most of the bosses of British uh, big British companies. It was supported by all of the banks in the city of London, Uh, British banks, but also international global banks, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan, Citibank. Uh, It was supported by the General Secretary of NATO. It was supported by the uh, Director General of the International Monetary Fund, Christine Lagarde. It was supported by the OECD. It was supported by every international capitalist bosses organization that you can possibly... Uh, list. Uh, The leave campaign, the official leave campaign, was supported or run uh, by uh, a sort of uh, C-list of Tory uh, cabinet ministers uh, with the support of a small number, a very small number uh, of um, Labour MPs uh, who have, over a number of years, adopted a leave position. Well, it should be said as well that the Remain campaign, the official Remain campaign, received the support of the leaders of all of the main political parties uh, in Parliament, in the British Parliament. So Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of the Labour Party, supported them. Uh, the Green Party supported them. The Liberal Democrats Party, if you call that a major party anymore, supported the Remain campaign. The Scottish Nationalists, the Welsh Nationalists. The Leave campaign, on the other hand, Uh, started off uh, with uh, a kind of global free-trade nirvana that they promoted uh, and rapidly moved to a position of uh, advocating um, uh, immigration controls, although they never quite used that phrase uh, in such a, a crude way. But it was very clear. Uh, that both campaigns were essentially negative campaigns, reactionary campaigns, run by different factions uh, of Britain's ruling Conservative Party.
0: Right. And what role have the trade unions played in all of this? I understand that unions like Unite's uh, Back the Remain campaign while the RMT advocated for leaving the European Union.
1: Yes, that's uh, quite correct. I mean, the RMT was one of four unions Uh, who formed a a small minority uh, within the British trade union movement to advocate a vote to leave the European Union. Uh, Our reasons for advocating a vote to leave the European Union uh, were entirely different from the reasons put forward by the official campaign. Uh, Our reasons for leaving the European Union were primarily because the European Union is an anti-democratic political institution where the people who make the decisions are not elected, and the people who are elected don't get to make any decisions. Uh, The European Union has set about destroying the economies and welfare states of countries across Europe, from Greece to Portugal, uh, and not being in the Eurozone, which is the case uh, in Britain. We obviously are not part of the Eurozone, but we are still currently part of the European Union. does not protect you from the austerity policies that are mandated in the treaties of the European Union. And so if you have an aspiration as a trade unionist uh, to elect a government in the future that is going to end austerity policies uh, and start to promote jobs uh, and get public services brought back under public control into public ownership, then you cannot carry out those policies within the European Union. So. My union, the T, advocated a leave vote because we're a socialist trade union uh, and we have an aspiration to see, uh, see uh, public ownership of railways, uh, public ownership of energy uh, companies, uh, and an end to the attacks on our national health service, uh, all of which will continue within the European Union. Uh, the majority of the trade unions in Britain, however, including uh, the leadership of the TUC, the, uh, the Trade Union Confederation, uh, were advocating a remain vote uh, for different reasons, um, but principally uh, a remain vote, uh, they argued, would uh, mean that workers would uh, be safer uh, in terms of protecting workers' rights that accrued from Britain's membership of the European Union. I think this is a very weak argument uh, in terms of the, the small number of debates that we have had in the trade union movement during the referendum campaign. It's been quite difficult for advocates of that argument uh, that staying in the European Union, remaining in the European Union, protects workers' rights it's been rather difficult for them to substantiate that in terms of facts. Uh, The facts are that workers in Britain today are more vulnerable than they ever have been to precarious work, zero-hours contracts, uh, being abused by labour agencies. Uh, The European Union facilitates this model of employment. It doesn't doesn't protect you from it. Uh, And so I don't think that argument really held a lot of sway with very many workers.
0: And with the current wave of fascist and racist attacks that we've seen, and another round of Tory austerity practically guaranteed, uh, what do you think should be uh, the strategy of the trade union movement as a whole in the UK?
1: Well, what we said during the referendum campaign was that uh, in the event of a vote to leave the European Union, uh, that the prime minister would be forced to resign, David Cameron would be forced to resign, which he has that uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer would shortly follow him, which he will, uh, and that there would be a general election before the end of this year, which there is going to be. So the strategy for the trade union movement and the left, uh, in terms of the uh, political, in terms of historic Tory austerity policies, is that the only way you can stop Tory austerity policies is by getting rid of a Tory government. Uh, there's going to be a general election. Uh, the trade unions need to get behind a Labour Party led by Jeremy Corbyn, which will put an end to Tory austerity. And now that we're outside of the European Union, we have the constitutional ability to do that. Your, the first part of your question about the rise in xenophobic yes. uh, and racist uh, incidents that have been reported, uh, th- this is um, something which is going on at the moment. We, we need to be very clear that our members, uh, including uh, trade union members who come from Central European countries, uh, from Poland, from Hungary, from, uh, from uh, Lithuania, our members will be protected by our unions uh, and by uh, the... Uh, we need putting, in my view, a demand forward very clearly that in any negotiations around the Brexit uh, from the European Union, that workers who are working here in Britain uh, have a right uh, to apply for citizenship and to continue to work in Britain uh, if they wish to do so. Uh, and in terms of attacks on those workers, the people who carry out these attacks should be prosecuted with the full force of the law, um, of course, there are xenophobes and racists in Britain uh, that's not exactly news, but there are xenophobes and racists in Australia as well certainly and anyone who thinks uh, and anyone who thinks uh, that these people can operate with impunity in Britain is fooling themselves
0: and now um with regards to Jeremy Corbyn, as you mentioned before, he has emerged as uh, the promising leader of a and a, genu- uh, and, and a genuine left wing alternative to the Tories, but now he is faced with uh, a, re- a revolt and a coup from the right wing uh, right wing members within his, within his own party. So what do you think uh, he can do to su- to survive this and what do you think the roles of the trade unions uh, should be in this?
1: Well, the trade union role is going to be the most important role after uh, after Jeremy's home role in ensuring that this coup is defeated, uh, that there is a huge amount of speculation going on as we're speaking about what the outcome of today's vote in the parliamentary Labour Party will be. It seems very likely that they will vote in favour, uh, possibly as many as 150 uh, parliament, uh, Labour MPs will vote in favour in a secret ballot. Uh, of a vote of no confidence in Jeremy Corbyn, uh, their leader who was elected by a overwhelming, <laughs> overwhelming mandate uh, just last September uh, by ordinary members of the party in every single constituency in the country. So Jeremy's mandate as leader of the Labour Party is a democratic mandate based on uh, the mass membership of the party. He is supported by the trade unions uh, without exception. Uh, he is being attacked in an undemocratic fashion by MPs who themselves came to power during the previous or came to uh, their current position, were elected to Parliament during uh, the previous 10 or 15 years under the Blair-Brown leadership of the party, and who are not ever going to be reconciled uh, with Jeremy Corbyn, John McDonnell, Diane Abbott, Uh, and others on the left of the party who are currently leading it. Uh, The organic link between the trade unions is extremely important. Uh, The trade unions are part of Labour's constitution. Uh, The trade unions set up the Labour Party. In fact, it was my own union, or the forerunner of my own union, the Amalgamated Society of Railway Servants, who Mm -hmm. in 1900 uh, moved the resolution at the TUC conference calling for a party party of Labour to be established, and that's what led to the setting up of the Labour Party in 1906. So the trade unions will play the key role now in ensuring that Jeremy is supported, that those who are attacking him, uh, if necessary, are deselected uh, and are no longer Labour candidates at the forthcoming general election.
0: Alex, uh, thank you so much for joining us on Stick Together today.
1: Thanks, Dennis. Good to speak to you.
2: Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together. Stick together.
0: Stick together. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. Moving on now to our next part of the programme the discussion about the trade union's role in supporting the Equal Marriage Campaign and fighting homophobia and transphobia in the workplaces and schools. Joining us now is Will Strzok, the campaign officer at the Victorian Trades Hall Council. Will, welcome to Stick Together.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
0: It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, now, Will, the Victorian Trades Hall has uh, become very active in the campaign for marriage equality this year with, with its own uh, the equal, uh, equal marriage uh, uh, campaign. What were the reasons uh, uh, for, start, uh, for starting up uh, this campaign and how has it been organized?
2: Well, um, the Victorian Trades Hall Council in 2010 uh, endorsed marriage equality um, and then again did that in 2015 again with a a kind of an additional bit added on which said that the view was it was now overdue. And so uh, last year we sat down and said, well, it's not enough to just endorse it. We now need to go out and, and do something about this. And our view about it is that that's for a few reasons, but primarily because, from our perspective, what the trade union movement stands for is fairness and equality, and we think that this issue sits squarely in that. And it's also because, as a movement, we say that we're about uh, creating a just and fair Victoria and that that includes for communities like the LGBTIQ plus community. So we sat down and said, well, what are we actually going to do about that? And we started doing, um, kind of some campaigning out on the ground. So we got volunteers in, uh, from, through Equal Love and, uh, from just kind of going out and doing activities. We did street stalls. We started collecting a petition which was calling on the government to pass the bill that was then sitting, um, sitting in the lower house. Uh, that we didn't need to have a plebiscite, that there didn't need to be a delay, that we should just go ahead and pass that bill. And we started doing um, some street stalls around that. And then this year, you know, in the hope that we would be able to pressure, you know, help put the pressure on the um, Liberal government to pass the bill. And then this year, once it became clear that that wasn't going to happen, we switched our focus to um, essentially uh, campaigning... uh, to say when you vote in the upcoming election, you should vote for candidates who are pro-marriage equality and anti-the plebiscite because the Trades Hall, the the position of the unions is that we don't need to do this to a plebiscite. It's a divisive and expensive thing to do. Um, Politicians should just get on with their job and make the decision about this. Um, So we've done things like um, we ramped it up, so we've done some door knocks, we've had volunteers go door to door and collect pledges from people. Um, So we've really organised it on the basis that we brought in uh, volunteers both through the union movement but also people um, from outside who wanted to get involved in that campaign and we've been kind of working with those groups together, bringing them together and kind of going out and having conversations with people Primarily in marginal seats, on the basis that that's where you can put the most pressure on. So that's really where it's come from.
0: Mm, Right. And uh, do you feel like there's also been an increased drive towards eradicating homophobia and transphobia um, Mm. in the workplaces um, through the work of the the Victorian trade unions, um, like this year, this year, and more recently?
2: So generally, there are unions. There are some unions that have LGBTIQ plus groups inside them and um, they work on raising issues through their union that might come up. Um, transphobia is, uh, you know, of, of all of the kind of acronym LGBTIQ+, I think everyone would say that um, the trans community has the greatest challenges at the moment legally and um, just generally with acceptance. Uh, so unions know that different unions work in different fields. So. Um, and they therefore tackle it differently. So, for example, the Tertiary Education Union uh, has a group inside there and they do a lot of work in that space, whereas there are other unions that um, do kind of... It's a different approach. So they go out and educate members, they go out and talk to members uh, about the issue when it comes up inside a workplace. And, for instance, the um, Education Union has... Both the Education Unions, the... um, AU and the IEU have been very, very strong supporters of the Safe Schools program. So uh, the AEU has been a really strong advocate for delivering that program um, out into the, you know, particularly the secondary schools where they cover the members. Um, and those schools that approach, you know, the Safe Schools Coalition, they're very keen on getting the information out about that program so that a whole school community Can work on that, and that includes working internally with staff around that, so that the union members, the teachers at those schools, um, get grapple with the issues confronting particularly trans kids.
0: Mm, Right. And um, uh, moving on, moving on now a little bit. Um, In the wake of the Orlando shooting, uh, we've also seen some of the attempts. At linking Islam and homophobia and spread and spreading uh, mm. more 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 hate onto onto the Muslim community, or sort of in Australia, in the United States, and other places, uh, how do you think? Like, how best do you think uh, we can counter that? through sort of approach? Can I, th-
2: I think it's a matter of um, continuously delivering the message that says that um, racism, homophobia, Islamophobia is not okay. So as I say, what we say is it's about equality and fairness and it, this is not um, the, the idea that uh, homophobia and transphobia is limited to uh, is a Muslim issue, it's, that's not right, um, it's a extremist position uh, homophobia and transphobia are extremist views and they exist, if you, if you do a basic Google search, they exist in, uh, there are Christian denominations in America where, following the Orlando shootings, there were pastors recorded as saying that, in, you know, Christian pastors recorded as saying that in their view, um, they wanted, not only did they think that the 50 49 people who died was a good thing, yes. but that they were praying for those who had been injured to die. Um, So, you know, the idea that this is something that is attached to a group is wrong. Um, uh, Islamophobia and transphobia and biphobia exist um, across various communities uh, and are not... It's not a particularly Muslim thing. (laughs) It's not that at all. So the aim is to go out and talk to union members and to talk to communities and... You know, and just keep reiterating that what we are about is equality, equality and fairness. And that means that we don't support racist views, that we don't support um, Islamophobia, that we don't support separating out one group on the basis of a, a particular religious view or a cultural or, or, or language issue, that what we are about is saying we judge each person by what they bring and their approach rather than any of those other
1: things. Mm, yes. Uh,
0: now, finally, with the federal election just around the corner, um, what, tra- what strategies do you think that the trade union movement, tr- together with the LGBTI community, should adopt, you know, to continue fighting for equal marriage and against homophobia and transphobia? Say now, and also, but also post the election, regardless of what the, res- the result will be.
2: Well, regardless of the result, um, we need to keep working on. Uh, kind of countering homophobia and transphobia and biphobia and Islamophobia. We need to keep working on countering those In having conversations in workplaces um, with people about the values that we stand for and what we as a union movement think about um, those things. In a pragmatic way, um, if Labor wins the election, then they've promised to deliver marriage equality, for example, within 100 days. So there are two things about that. One is, as a movement, we would need to hold them accountable to that promise. And the second thing is that marriage equality is one part of the kind of the whole picture of the challenges and discrimination and harassment that the LGBTIQ plus community faces. And so, you know, that's, that's fantastic, but there is more to be done. And so that's a step along the way. So we need to hold them accountable to that step, but we then need to look at what the kind of the other issues confronting the community are. If the Liberals win the election, then the question of equality and marriage equality is something that they have said is up for debate. So, um, you know, the union movement's view is equality is equality before the law is um, a fundamental, but if the Liberals win, what they are saying is equality before the law is actually debatable. And they've said there'll be a plebiscite. So at that point, the union movement would need to play a role in talking to their members about why they think marriage equality is important so that you know they can do their part in making sure that there's a yes vote and that the community at large kind of stands up and says, we believe in marriage equality. And then once that's done, again, that's not the end. Then we need to keep talking about the challenges that the LGBTIQ community faces so that we can, as a movement, keep working on kind of ensuring that equality and fairness are the things that are out there in the community, but particularly for us, I suppose, as a movement in workplaces.
0: Mm, of course. Wonderful. All right, Well, Well, thank you so much for joining us on Stick Together.
2: Cool. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah.
0: That was Will Struck from the Trades Hall wrapping up our show today. We'd like to inform our listeners of the Latin America Solidarity Rally, scheduled for July 9th at 12 p.m. on the steps of the State Library. Come and join the Latin American community and stand up against the U.S. intervention in the region. Well, that'll be all for the show today. I'm Dennis Rogatuk. Thanks to the Community Broadcasting Federation for their support of the program. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And make sure you tune in same time next week.